Just a reminder that this podcast does not provide medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. This content is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your qualified medical provider if you have any questions concerning a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it based upon this information or anything on this podcast. The content presented on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Hey everyone, it's Kara Solomsas here, a certified health and wellness coach, and this is Tuning In From Within. Today we are featuring Kelly Hurt, also my best friend, and a rock star in the field of nutrition and public health. We'll be discussing the topic, food is medicine. Kelly Hurt is a certified health education specialist with a bachelor's degree in community health promotion and nutrition. She's currently in her second and final year of her master's degree program in public health at the University of Minnesota. Growing up in rural Wisconsin with a family garden, Kelly has always had a passion for good food. She has been able to teach garden and cooking lessons to elementary and middle school students at two different nonprofits where she watched food bring kids from all walks of life together, just as it did for her and her family. She believes that good food and a healthy gut is the basis of good overall health and well-being and strives to change the way America eats for the better. Kelly is an advocate for food justice and equitable access to healthy, affordable whole foods. Though food is her favorite topic, Kelly is also an advocate for women's health. In her free time, Kelly loves to travel, cook, rollerblade, and spend time outside. All right, Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here and proud of you for making this whole podcast happen. This is a little dream come true. On the topic of food, my background, I spent a lot of time in nonprofits that really focused on local food and getting healthy, organic food to people. I taught a lot of nutrition education, garden education, For elementary school kids, I did teach some for adults. In these roles, I really got to learn more about people's backgrounds and where they were coming from. I think that's one thing that I really love about food is that, yes, it is meant to heal and taste good and be really great, but it also is sort of a vehicle for people to come together and get to know each other a little more and maybe create a more comfortable space. Food as medicine is just a little part of my passion in the food system and all about food. So I'm excited to tell you all a little bit more. Yes. So today, like Kelly was saying, we are going to talk about food as medicine, the movement, and other aspects to that too that she'll dive into. So first, I would love to know what is the food is medicine movement? Maybe movement is a bad word, but I use that just because it's sort of this people starting to realize once again that we as humans have gotten away from where our food has come from, what food is really meant to do, and what even is in our food that we're eating. This really started late 90s, early 2000s, and the Boston Medical Center was really, and is still a leader in this movement, which is really cool. They have food pantries where it's all healthy food. So it's 
you can call them a prescription food pantry, you can call them a food pharmacy, pharmacy with a P or an F, a little play on words there. This idea that food is something that we can use to treat disease, and it's also something that we can prevent disease with. Um, and also that, you know, just the idea that we need to be eating a more whole foods balanced diet, and that's really hard. So this movement is just how can we make all this food a little more accessible, a little easier to just have every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious too, because you mentioned whole foods and you mm-hmm. mentioned that a lot of people don't know what's in their food, including myself a couple of years ago before I was a little more in tune with everything. You just kind of grab things and you are hopeful that people are looking out for you in the industry. Yeah. So how can you describe that a little further, especially to the lay person that's listening to this? Well, I think it's really important to recognize also that I have a minor in nutrition from my bachelor's degree. I spend my free time looking at food. We spent a lot of time just talking about food. And even for me, I still look at food and I get caught off guard. I'm like, okay, so is this good for me? I don't know if I'm going to buy a little, a little treat for myself at the store, a cracker that's gluten-free. The thing is, it's gotten also really hard because at the same time, all these new I don't want to say new diets, but gluten-free is becoming a lot more popular. Dairy-free is a lot more popular. Plant-based, which is awesome. Like all these things are great and have their place for each person. But a lot of times when you're walking in the store and you think, oh, I'm on a budget. I can't afford to go spend a lot on produce. I just can't. So then you end up looking at the processed packaged foods and all these health claims are on the front saying zero trans fat whole grain. I was just reading chips that said heart healthy on them. And I was like, hold up. What? Oh my gosh. Yes, you're made with whole grain, but you're also a highly processed food. The industry is really there to make money and it's easy to get tricked. So with all that being said, eating whole foods is exactly what it sounds like. It is eating a food in its whole form. So that can be fresh fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, meat, and that's a whole other topic and we can dive into that a little bit, but just really focusing on limiting your intake of highly processed foods, which are usually the cookies, crackers, breads, and on that note of bread, buy from a local bakery, ones that use local ingredients that are not processed in a huge factory try making some sourdough, try making homemade bread. It's actually a lot easier than I think a lot of people realize. It's just coming back to where does our food come from? What does my food look like Mm -hmm. before it gets processed? Yeah, definitely. I think that was a wonderful explanation of that too. Um, Speaking of making bread, I have been attempting to make sourdough and I feel like to the regular person, it's probably easy, but I just get so lost in doing other things. You know, you're doing five things at a time. Exactly. So I'm sure it's actually easy. I don't want (laughs) to sway anyone against trying that. Something I wanted to ask you about too was, or just even mention from my own personal experience is that eating whole real food, since I've been doing that for the last couple of years, you can tell a difference in the taste. The experience is just so much better. It really is. 
And I love that you use the word experience because food should be an experience. Yeah. I think the most simple thing in the food is medicine movement is that food, yes, is fuel. Food is fuel to us so that we can be energized for our day so that we can go work out at the gym so that we can go to work even and have like a clear mind so we can take care of our kids, whatever it is. Food is the basis of that good day, whether you realize it or not, because if you're eating good food, your gut is going to be flourishing with good bacteria and it's not going to be wanting to attack your body or say like, hey, you're really tired. Like, let's pop some sugar in. Like, let's grab a Coke. I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever people's kryptonite is. And I think that's when I was teaching garden lessons, it was like I was connecting with the kids on such a different level. And it was just the experience of grabbing a piece of kale off of the stem and being like, oh my gosh, this is just came from the ground. I get to eat it now. Before I started teaching garden lessons, I looked at kale and I'm like, no thanks. Put it in a salad, <laughs> put it in a smoothie, hide it. Like, not my thing. So then to see these kids who come from underserved areas where there's so many health inequities and disparities and lack of access to good food, having this free garden for them to come into meant a lot for them. It was a place that their behavior would change. I had a group of girls who loved coming to me for the lesson. And at first I was like, please don't, please don't come over to me because they were so poorly behaved, but they were mean to each other. It was a hassle for me because I just wasn't sure how to deal with it. After the first week, I just realized they wanted someone to love them and really dive into the food with them. And after I realized that, I was like, oh my gosh, I completely lost track of what I was doing the first week. And then we would end our lesson by having a little circle and I would go around and like, okay, what was one thing that everyone really enjoyed today? What are you grateful for? And their moods were just so different. And they had a snack, like we made a small snack for everyone at the garden. So it wasn't anything crazy, but it was that experience of wow, this is where my food comes from and I have access to this. That's so beautiful. Just to even hear that whole process unfold like that, because I have experience from the opposite realm working at the Boys and Girls Club when I was an undergrad. And the food is obviously not fresh and they're meeting dietary recommendations, quote unquote. So they would have fruit, but it would be the canned fruit and high fructose corn syrup and It just was, I was very surprised by what they were feeding them. And the kids were fatigued all of the time and they didn't want to move. They didn't want to do anything. They didn't have a desire to learn anything new, which was really a huge part of me working there as a program aide. But just to hear both of the sides of the realm there, polar opposite and have huge effects on learning outcomes overall too. Totally. Totally. And I think food is such an interesting topic a lot of people will argue, okay, well, that's not because of the diet. Science has shown over and over again that, yes, added sugar will increase lack of focus in kids. It all goes into all these things, and we need to really focus on, yes, of course, getting everyone in on this at any age. That's so important. But as kids, like, we need to be teaching them healthy habits, and we need to be providing those healthy habits, providing a space where those healthy habits are easily maintained. That comes from school lunches. And there are some really cool programs out there that have gone to totally whole food school lunches and the cost decreased. The kids were much better, more focused after lunch. And 
the food waste was less. They also had a little program that did something with some of the food waste. But I think that we just forget that putting a little bit of extra money in at the front. And when I say a little bit, I do mean a little bit when you look at all the great health outcomes that good food has. Yeah. So and there, there's no coincidence because everything is connected there. Exactly. All right. So let's dive into Whole Foods a little bit more yeah. because you had recently done a webinar with Biointegrative Health Center in Reno, mm-hmm. and you talked about food as medicine and the movement. And within that, you also jumped into the variety of colors and their properties and nutritional value. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that. Absolutely. I will dive into that. And before we start that, I want to set up a little background data for some people to understand why this is so important and why eating this whole food diet is actually able to heal. The World Health Organization in 2016, the top three causes of death worldwide were stroke, heart disease, and then COPD. All of these are preventable in most cases. And the top risk factor for these things was poor diet, which is that preventable thing. So what can we do to eat better and prevent these things? And I just also want to say it's never too late to start eating a little bit healthier. And the thing is, you don't need to eat perfectly every day, but you need to eat a balanced diet, one full of variety, full of colors. And you need to eat healthy fats. That's part of a whole food balanced diet. Though oils are processed, like olive and avocado oil, they do have really great fats for our body that we need, that our brain needs. So just kind of noting that and eating the rainbow is a great way to remember how do I eat a whole food balanced diet. And so, not Skittles, right? And not Skittles. Do not eat Skittles. <laughs> yeah. Eat the rainbow, not taste the rainbow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Thank you. So red food is really good for our body. You think of strawberries and tomatoes, and you always hear things about disease-fighting foods. Those are totally disease-fighting foods. They have anti-inflammatory properties, and they also are big-time immune boosters, both of which mean fighting disease. Disease comes from poor immune from a poor immune system and inflammation. And inflammation can be anywhere. It doesn't just have to be our stomach. Inflammation can happen in our joints. It can happen in our brain. And really correcting that gut microbiome by eating better will reduce inflammation in all those places. And inflammation really is an indicator for other diseases, right? Like the ones you highlighted. Yeah. Those cancer is caused by inflammation in many cases, just disease in general comes from our body kind of being like, I'm really overly stressed. I'm going to deal with that by inflaming everything. Um, (laughs) Just setting everything on fire. Basically. (laughs) Um, And if, yeah, like if it gets to a point where it's out of control, then that is going to be a a pre-disease state or a disease state. So Mm -hmm. very interesting. So orange foods, Think of cantaloupe, oranges, carrots, things like that. You always hear they're good for the eyes. Carrots, orange foods are actually really, really great endocrine regulators. The endocrine system is our hormone system. And a lot of people are out of balance on their hormones. And hormone imbalance comes in so many different forms. 
So maybe that would be a great topic to dive into in another yes. uh, podcast for you. Um, <laughs> Slide that in right there. <laughs> yeah. Just saying it might be helpful. Endocrine regulators and also reproductive health. So those reproductive health hormones too. The beta carotene in these orange foods is really helpful. Pregnant women need a lot of beta carotene. So cantaloupe is a great food to include there. Just a little fun fact. Yeah, and also that includes spices, like turmeric is included in there, and turmeric is a great anti-inflammatory. It helps regulate our body in so many different ways. So adding one of those colors in every day is awesome. And turmeric Uh, is an interesting one, too. Just before you jump into the next color, my mom, who's kind of getting more into health and wellness, is talking about how she adds turmeric to everything. My sister adds it. I mean, her mother and father-in-law do too. So I'm curious though, because I know that there's certain things that make turmeric, for example, more bioavailable. Yeah. Which essentially means that your body is, can readily absorb it and utilize it for all of its properties and nutrients. So what would make something like turmeric more bioavailable? Thank you for bringing that up. Cause I think a lot of people here, turmeric is one of those foods or spices, root vegetable things that are coming into this whole... <laughs> It's on the list of superfoods. It's just coming in and getting a lot of attention. And Mm -hmm. you can take a turmeric supplement and be like, well, nothing's happening. And I've been there. I've been there on different supplements. And bioavailability means our body's able to absorb it and doesn't get washed out in our waste. So turmeric can be more bioavailable by adding black pepper. There's a property in black pepper that they work really synergistically and it's great. So if you're using turmeric, use little black pepper. It's the perfect pair. Perfect. Thank you for expanding on that. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up. Next is yellow in the rainbow and yellow foods are really great for our microbiome. So the gut and digestion, they are really great at regulating what's happening in our intestines. And again, that through that whole digestive process. That comes through decreased inflammation. They're antibacterial. So a lot of times ginger, you hear that reduces inflammation. It is really powerful in its antibacterial properties as well, which is also, I'm just going to throw in another little fun fact. Getting in good antibacterial foods is also really good for our oral health. Our breath and the smell of our breath is actually kind of decided by what is happening in our gut. So if it is out of balance down there and your breath is like smelling a little more weird or bad than normal, check in with your gut, see what's going on. Like, what are you feeling? And maybe add some ginger in there. Mm, Um, That's interesting. Isn't it? I love it. Essentially, if people were doing the six foot social distancing with you before COVID-19, it's probably because you have bad breath, which is due to your digestion. Yeah, right. Okay. So maybe look back and just don't dwell on these things, but just no, check no. in a little bit. What was happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, add a little ginger in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings us to green. And green foods obviously are amazing. How many times do you hear like, oh, add spinach and you're, you're healthy. Just eat a salad. um yeah a little a little cop out there but who doesn't love a good salad I'll say it (laughs) green foods are really good for our heart which obviously is 
the most important muscle in our body because it's what keeps us alive. So green foods really support circulation and blood vessel support. So it helps maintain a good blood flow and all these things. And honestly, just add in a few dark leafy greens in breakfast, saute some with your eggs. They're really easy to add to any meal. And if you're a huge fan of like cauliflower, cauliflower, I'm sorry, broccoli (laughs) or Brussels sprouts, those are really great too. And yes. I love Uh, them. I love them. People don't realize that if you roast them, you know, probably you get them crispy. They're like candy. They are like candy. Oh, and that's going to sound crazy to people. And like, if people see this video, they're going to be like, why are they so excited about a Brussels sprout? Because they're they're so good. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, go back and have some ginger. It's (laughs) the best candy. So next time movie theaters are open, even though it's going to smell bad to the average person, they'll have a face mask on anyway. So just bring your Brussels sprouts in. That'll be your candy. Yeah. Pop them in like popcorn. (laughs) Uh, But maybe not too much. Just we want to make sure you're your stomach can handle that. Um, but also with dark greens are green in general, they're a great source of magnesium. So I know mm. both of us suffer with poor sleep yes. and a huge portion of Americans suffer from poor sleep. Magnesium is great for that. And a lot of times people are low in magnesium. So really adding in some greens can be a great way to help boost your sleep. Mm-hmm. So just sneaking them in anywhere you can, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And they're pretty neutral flavor. I mean, you can't really taste it. If you put spinach in a smoothie, although it appears green, you yeah. really can't taste it. Yeah, even putting a cucumber in a smoothie. Yeah. I feel like it heightens everything else in the smoothie. So you can't really taste the cucumber, but there's so much water and all those good exactly. nutrients. Exactly. There's Um, actually a recipe that I saw recently that has broccoli in a smoothie. So I'm going to give it a go. (laughs) Okay. I would like a full review. And I think everyone else listening would like a full review the next time. So if you could just (laughs) squeeze that in as well. It's definitely a little more adventurous, I would say, than (laughs) putting some leafy greens in there. But I've tried cauliflower, which obviously is a different cruciferous vegetable, and oatmeal. And you couldn't even taste it. No way. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. All flour and oatmeal. Breaking news. Breaking yeah. news alert. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. I'll send you the recipe. It's really please. good. Please. Okay, please. Great. So we are on to the next color. Purple. And we're also going to kind of include blue there. So these foods, you know them. They're super rich in color. Blueberries, things like that. Blackberries are in this color scheme. They are great for cognitive support and cardiovascular health. So both your brain and your heart are being helped here. So these foods are usually high in vitamin A and K as well, which is also really good for our bones. Add in some blueberries, blackberries. I like to highlight purple cabbage because I love purple cabbage and it is crazy. It's a crazy food. It should be a superfood. Like if you want to talk about superfoods, which all foods are super if you eat them together. So, But purple cabbage actually contains more nutrients per cup than any other vegetable. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For the calorie count. So yeah. really low in calories, really, really high in nutrients, really delicious. Also to me, tastes like candy if you roast it and it's amazing. Put a little Dijon mustard sauce on top. Mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> I still have yet to try it, and I want to, but huh. I, I know. And I want to point something out too with red cabbage or purple cabbage is that 
I feel like from the information that you've shared, it should be highlighted more. It should be highlighted as a quote unquote superfood. So why do yeah. you think it's this hidden gem? I think cabbage, people just think sauerkraut. People think mm. bad breath. Mm. And then you hear cabbage and it just has this notorious like ew factor to it. Yeah. Um, like stinky. But like, yeah. But at the same time, then we'll put cabbage regular a green cabbage in coleslaw and throw it on top of a barbecue pulled pork, which I'm a hundred percent there for, but it's also great on its own. And in many different ways, if you are having coleslaw, maybe mix in some purple cabbage. It's fun to add that color and it's not gross. It's really great. And it also lasts quite a while in the fridge. So it's a great bang for your buck, really great for yeah. you. Great tasting keeps in the fridge for a while. Try it out. Right out. Purple Cabbage Company is sponsoring you, Kelly, because <laughs> so. No. <laughs> I wish. If anyone out there wants to sponsor me, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'd be sponsored by Cabbage any day. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry, a little tangent there. On to white and brown foods. You thought we were done at purple, but oh no, we're no, not forgetting no. it. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not forgetting about these beauties. White and brown foods are really great. They're anti-cancer and anti-inflammatory properties. So that means garlic and onions, mushrooms, things like that. Really high in antioxidants. The point of an antioxidant in our body is to grab little toxins and pull them out and send them out of our body so that we are free from toxins just floating around. I'm going to just highlight a flaxseed here because in addition to like anti-inflammatory properties, they also are really high in omega-3 fatty acids, which are great for our brain. So great for our brain. And also great at reducing inflammation. So try some ground-up flax seeds in your smoothie, in your broccoli smoothie. Let me know how that goes. Yes, in your cauliflower oatmeal or broccoli smoothie. Yes, exactly. That's the rainbow. Eat the rainbow means make sure that you're not eating... Don't overdo it on a spinach salad. Don't eat a spinach salad every day for two weeks. Burn yourself out. And that's not helpful for you. So just eat a variety. Throw in a different food from each color. There's a lot of really great foods that you can get on a budget that are colorful and whole and amazing. Yes. And I love that you highlight too, don't eat the same thing all the time because you will get burnt out and tired of it. Our taste buds are looking for some excitement in their meals and eating healthy doesn't mean that it needs to be boring yeah. and monotonous because when people do recommend start eating healthier, everyone thinks, Oh, salad. I have to eat a salad all the time. And you don't, and you can eat some purple cabbage that tastes like a steak and put a little mustard on it. <laughs> exactly. Bada bing, bada boom. And you've got yourself a meal. I mean, I've been there. I've burnt myself out on foods just because I was in that stage of, oh, it's a great food. Like, I'm going to just overdo it. And also, our body can't take all those nutrients at once. Our bodies are really amazing and they want to help us. But they're also, sometimes it's like, hey, you gave me too much and I don't know what to do with it. I'm just going to get rid of all those nutrients you just threw in me, mm -hmm. um, which is a waste of your money and not helpful. It's a waste because you're also going to be sick of that food, like I said. So I love that you say, eating healthy should not be boring. Eating healthy is awesome and beautiful when you look at your plate. It's so. true. It's true, the variety and colors. And one thing I wanted to mention too that I thought was great was that you highlighted that all of these foods are essentially anti-inflammatory and prevent against 
disease and like you were saying the inflammation aspect is so important so to mm-hmm. hear that just by consuming different varieties of fruits and vegetables you really are protecting your body against all of the different diseases that we expose ourselves to especially in america yeah food is on our side mm-hmm. food products are not the food industry mm-hmm. is usually not food is it's... on our side food products are not yeah oh i like that if anyone's going to take anything away, I mean, that's an easy one to remember there. Yeah, and I think I'm going to take that it. away. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take that away, even though I just said it. Food is just great. And I also want to say, we keep saying like eating healthy and all this stuff. And to someone who is just hearing this podcast and is like, oh, that's what it means. Whole foods, variety. Eating healthy is not a pretentious, scary thing. It means that 85% of the time, 80% of the time, you are eating these really good foods for your body. You are conscious of what's going into your body. And then treat yourself. I have chocolate, dark chocolate, almost every day. Mm -hmm. If you have one thing, like I have a bad sweet tooth, so bad. So it's the dark chocolate. Just stay consistent and don't punish yourself for treating yourself because you have to do that. That's part of health as well as taking care of yourself in other ways. And if that's, you know, you spend the day outside in the sun and then you have ice cream cone or a slice of pizza, if your body allows that, that's okay. Like Mm -hmm. just don't make it a habit. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's all a part of looking at a balanced diet, if you want to call it a diet, Mm -hmm. but giving yourself permission, like you said, allowing yourself because you are allowed to enjoy every experience with food that you come into contact with, not just having this mindless experience because I had a stressful day and I'm craving this pizza, but yeah, sitting down and you said, if your body allows for it and you give yourself permission, enjoying the whole experience, because going back to this whole topic, food is medicine and food is going to heal your body and protect you if you let it. Yeah. Yeah. Food is amazing. So I want to wrap this up with my final question about How can an individual, like a listener here today, use food to treat and or prevent disease in their daily life? What are the things that they can do or implement or where can they go shopping, et cetera? Yeah. I want to keep it super simple. Obviously, eat the rainbow like we just talked about. Keep that variety. Something else a person can do is food and nutrition and everything is overwhelming. So identify a a handful of foods that you love, like that you know you love and build a meal plan from there. And by meal plan, I mean, try, if you love rice and some sort of vegetable, have that. And then like, maybe try incorporating a new food every now and then. But if you know that you love six foods, have those six foods on hand most of the time. Just don't overdo it on those. Consistency is key. You want to make sure that you are eating well most of the time. And focusing on perfecting a diet that is treating and preventing disease can sometimes cause a little stress if you're putting too much pressure on it. And that stress is just going to cause more inflammation and it's going to be a whole cycle. And finally, just listen to your body. Your body knows you more than you think it does. If a food makes you feel some kind of way, not great, stop eating it. Don't buy it again. Don't incorporate it into your 10 five main foods. Just hear your body. Your body, if it's asking for something, it will let you know. If it's telling you to stop something, it's going to let you know. And all of that is your body telling you 
hey, I'm trying to fight something here. I'm trying to make you healthy. I'm trying to fuel you and energize you. Please listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. And I said that was my last question, but I have a follow-up. Yes. So would love to hear top three places that you go grocery shopping that have budget-friendly deals. So I'm in the Midwest. I shop at Aldi, which is a supermarket that originated in Europe. And they have taken out artificial colors. They have really great cheap organic products, organic produce. So Aldi is a must. They also have organic cage-free eggs. So Aldi, I do shop at Trader Joe's quite a bit. They are pretty budget-friendly. Sometimes mm-hmm. I go a little crazy. A lot of good snack do. items. Yeah. They do. They always have something. So I'm like, oh, I'll just try this one this time. Yeah, so those are my two main. And then I just switch it up. Mm-hmm. I'll go to Target if I just need something like hummus or almond milk. Out West, I was living in Reno. I think Grocery Outlet always had amazing yes. deals. Mm-hmm. Amazing deals on organic food that was probably $15 at Whole Foods. They got it there and it was what, like seven maybe oh. or five even. Beautiful. The deals were amazing. So if you're out yeah. West, hit up Grocery Outlet. If you're in the Midwest or out East, hit up Aldi. Those are great places to start and then just supplement from there. Yes. Thank you for mentioning Grocery Outlet because I'm a huge fan it. of Grocery Outlet and I was going to mention it if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I miss it. I do. A lot of great deals there. I also want to mention local farmers markets too. So it's really giving back to the local economy and you're buying from local produce. So it hasn't traveled as far as a lot of the other things that come through. If you're living in Reno, we have a lot of access to things from California. So really just trying to find what's local and what's best. And it tastes so much better too. It does. Thank you for saying that. Local farmers markets go there. I was there yesterday. The Midwest also has great farmer's markets this time of year. So wherever you are, find your local farmer's market. Yes. They're amazing. And many are starting to take food stamps, Mm, SNAP, EBT cards. Mm -hmm. So also a great option for everyone. Yes. Thank you for adding that in too, which is great. It's becoming more inclusive. Yes. If you have SNAP, you get somewhat of a discount too when purchasing foods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a buy it and get one. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. That is great. Program. Well, Miss Kelly, my friend, thank you so much for being with us today and talking about all the incredible things that come with food and just how it's medicine and can heal us overall. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun and I'm so excited once again that you're doing this and yeah, Thank thank you again. And thank you everyone for tuning in. And one thing I wanted to mention for Kelly too, was that she has a new Instagram page that you can follow her at where she features whole real food recipes on a budget. Yeah. On a budget. Absolutely. And um, what is so it that, called? So the handle is at good gut period, good mind. So good okay. Gut, easy good enough. Mind. Good gut period, good mind. And Kelly yeah. is also a blog writer for biointegrative health center. So if you enjoy Listening to her here, she writes a lot of great content for them, as well as being featured in webinars and, of course, coming back to the Tuning In From Within podcast show. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kara. Thank you. (laughs) You can 
find more content developed by Kelly Hurt if you follow her Instagram handle at goodgut.goodmind, spelled exactly how you would think. She's also featured under BioIntegrative Health Center's YouTube channel, so subscribe to them, and you can see one of her talks that's pre-recorded on food waste. You can also find out more events in general that Kelly will be featured in if you go to B-I-H-C-I underscore Reno. That is the Instagram handle for Biointegrative Health Center. And you can also access their website at www.bihcireno.com dash events.